every single night just before the sun sets. The Carnabies will do a big circle and they'll be calling out and they'll be crying and me and my mum will always make sure that we catch the Carnabies and it's really interesting well, because... It was a bit of a culture shock and learning all about farming terminology and how life cycles, everything relates to farming and up and what's happening at what time. And I know we British are notorious for talking about the weather, but talking about the weather and up is on a completely different level. <laughs> and there's two million people, if at all, in the whole of Western Australia, you know, so... I wondered where are the people, are they all dead? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aussies are relocating from capital cities to regional Australia in record numbers. We could give you all the stats about better house prices, all the jobs on offer and higher levels of happiness. But what's better than hearing from someone who's made the move themselves? Welcome to You Moved Where? the podcast where we interview everyday Aussies who have moved from the city to the country. I'm your host, Beck Bignall, a girl from regional Australia who moved to the city and then, you guessed it, back to regional Australia. This is You Moved Where. We're back with Series 2, and just like Series 1, this is jam-packed full of stories, ideas and insights from interesting people who've uprooted their lives from capital cities to regional places. We chat to different people who follow jobs, yearn for connection, desire adventure, seek the great outdoors, serenity and space. In each episode, we learn about the magic of moving, from career renewal revived identity, celebrating changing seasons, embracing support, establishing new networks, and how it truly feels to dig your feet into country dirt. This first episode sets the tone for a series bursting with unique and uplifting stories. We kicked things off with a live recording at the Regional Australia Institute Regions Rising Conference in Bunbury, and we chat to three marvellous movers, filmmaker Chanel Bowen, a proud member for the disability and hard of hearing communities and a passionate advocate for disability stories on screen. Jill Watkin, manager of the Codger Place Cultural Centre for the Shire of Cochinup. And Tanuja Sanders, an experienced engineer, entrepreneur and olive farmer. In this conversation, we learn why moving to the regions has enhanced their lives. From the love of space, the sound of silence, tapping into the abundance of social capital that drives innovation and creativity, to the warm support of locals who are first on the scene to lend a helping hand. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land that we're talking from today and recording, the Wadundi people um, of the Noongar Nation, and I respect and honour the significant role the First Nations people play in our communities and appreciate that we've got a lot to learn from our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander friends. And as Loretta said, Auntie Yvonne's story in um, the first series is just beautiful. So I look forward to everyone listening to that. Welcome to our live recording of You Moved Where, our brand new podcast series, which we've just discussed, fresh from the oven today. So, And we've got some wonderful talent on the stage who I'm going to introduce just to give some context because usually we go into an individual story. So I'm going to give a quick introduction and then we're going to dive straight into our chat. But firstly, we've got Chanel Bowen, a local girl from Dunsborough, 
who is a brilliant regional film producer who I'm lucky to get to work with from time to time. She's a proud member of the disability and deaf communities and is a passionate advocate for disability stories on screen. Chanel has prolific experience on many different film and TV projects, ranging from Mystery Road to Blueback, which we got to work on together, which was fantastic. And she's partnered with A2K Media on Industry Advisory Committee for Disability Justice Lens. She's literally come back today from the Australian International Documentary Conference. She's also been nominated as one of the screen producers, One to Watch, which is a really competitive list to get on. So, again, incredible talent to have in our backyard here. And, um, yes, we'll hear from Chanel very shortly, but um, you're very lucky to have her right here in Dudsborough. Oh, and she's also um, been involved for many years on Cinefest and we did a screening of Homespun, which is a series that I made in Coden Up downstairs. So very, very happy to be back here in Bunbury. And next we've got Jill in the middle. So Jill is from Coden Up, but not always. She grew up in the UK and she's now the manager of the Codger Place in Coden Up. And I don't know if you've been there, but it is an absolutely brilliant place. Um, she's the manager of tourism and marketing there. And Codger Place tells the story of Australian country life in ways that will move and delight you. It brings together voices, photographs, arts and objects from Kojanap's Noongar culture and puts them together with the cultures of farming communities and, and everyone within the community. It's a wonderful space. Jill's professional background is very eclectic. She's worked in interior design, retail management property, tourism, criminal justice, not-for-profits, it goes on. And a few years back when she was living in the UK, she thought she'd give herself a bit of a career break. Then COVID happened and she decided to move over to Australia. And then she thought, I'll wait for a really good role to come up that I'll jump into, never thinking, she actually moved to Frio, never thinking that she would end up in rural Australia, but the role at Codger Place came up. I've worked with Jill on a range of projects. She's incredible and Codger Place is very, very lucky to have her. Welcome, Jill. We will meet you in a minute. And finally, we've got another local lady, Tanuja Sanders from Binning Up, who's a project manager with over 30 years of experience working in the engineering field. I feel like the previous session that we just listened to here today about innovation and productivity is quite a good segue into this because Tanuja has many strings to her bow in regard to energy engineering, technical technology masters in chemical engineering. And what she did is she bought an olive farm. No, sorry, she just bought a farm. And then she had a housewarming party and a friend suggested that she grow some olive trees down the driveway and she adapted her innovation in the chemical engineering space into a business and now grows incredible olives, which she uses for the Satya Olive Company. And these olive oils are all distributed all over WA and all over Australia. She'll tell us more about that in a second. And she's so passionate about cooking that she's infused a lot of different um, brilliant things into these oils, which are award-winning. And she also volunteers, does a lot of stuff in her community, which is incredibly beneficial to her community. She has a brilliant perspective because she's running a farm and um, has quite a different perspective from some of the multi-generational farmers who she sort of shares boundaries with and things like that. And I was very lucky to work with her um, through the Visible Farmer Project. We did a, an episode on her a few years ago. Welcome to Nucha. 
Big round of applause for our ladies, please. Now, we begin the podcast with a bit of a, a traditional format where we say, Chanel, Jill and Tanuja, you moved where? So I'm going to start with Chanel and then we'll, walk, we'll go down the line. Um, my name is Chanel. I grew up in Gracetown and also in Fitzroy Crossing. I moved to Perth for high school and university and then I ended up in Quedgenough, which is just out of Dunsborough. Hello, everybody. My name's Jill Watkin, and I originated from the land of Harry Potter's Quidditch. The castle where it was filmed was literally on my doorstep. I ended up uh, nearly two years ago moving to Frio, emigrating to Frio after COVID. And having been in Frio for six months only, I then moved down to Quedgenough to take up this job at Codger Place. It was an opportunity too good to miss. Hi, I'm Tanuja Sanders. I was born and brought up in India. I moved to Australia in Melbourne, Victoria on Christmas Day 1992. And then I moved to uh, Western Australia, Perth in 1996, June, and uh, into the region, Binninga, in 1999, November. Fantastic. And all quite different reasons for moving. So I'm really interested, Tanuja, why did you move from Perth City to where you are now? From Perth City, um, the reason we moved was because we started our engineering consultancy and our first contract was with Versley Illumina. And at the time, we were building the cogeneration plant at Versley. Um, so myself and my husband, whom I was... Uh, whom I had just married two years before then, uh, moved to um, uh, looking for a place to rent and we couldn't find a place to rent in the region because it was, uh, again, rental crisis at the time. So driving on the Old Coast Road, uh, we found this uh, home open and we just drove in. Uh, you know, it said 100 acre. Didn't mean much to me at the time because although an engineer didn't, physically connect to what 100 acres meant. Uh, so uh, I just, we drove up the driveway and went to this house and uh, and in two days I had a, a, a signed contract of saying, well, you bought this property. I says, oh my God. So that was the uh, weekend after we sort of walked around the three kilometers walk and that's the first and last time I ever walked around. <laughs> That's brilliant. And Chanel, you've got a beautiful home as well in Dunsborough. And one of the commonalities with all of our ladies here is that they all own their homes and own a home in the regions, which when we've been talking to everyone, um, that's been a massive incentive is the lower cost of housing. And Chanel, you're a young homeowner and you've got a beautiful home. Tell me um, how you came to own your property and what incentivised you to buy in Dunsborough. So I I've got a couple of acres, only, only 12, not 100. <laughs> um, but I, I, I suppose I'd, I'd always re been really interested in space, but I came, became so much more interested in having my own space when I acquired my disability. It was really important for me to have a place where I could actually hear silence. I love how I took such a breath there and there was silence before that, um, it's amazing when you have sensory stimulation like I do and over-sensation, um, how much at certain times 
noises that I used to not pay any attention to and now an incredibly big deal. And so I think I did what a lot of people did during COVID where um, I went, oh my goodness, why am I not living where I need to live? A, a, a space that has the room to accommodate for um, those needs. And so now um, I'm very lucky. You know, I, um, as we all know, it's it's hard to purchase um, property at the, oh, it's expensive to purchase property at the moment, especially as, um, a young person who's a contract worker, um, the bank does not recognise that, well, not all banks do. Um, and so, you know, I had a lot of support to get to where I am, but I absolutely love it. And it's great because you can still do the job that you love, which is, you know, you're travelling all over the world all the time, but you can do it from Dunsborough, which touches on the piece about connectivity and technology that we discussed earlier. And certainly, Jill, as well, you are able to do the work that you love in a role that you love from Cogenup, um, leveraging technology and connectivity. Tell me how a day in the life of Jill works utilising technological systems and things like that so that you can do incredible work from coaching up? You've actually asked the wrong person that question. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an absolute dinosaur when it comes to it. And I just go in and switch my computer on at 7.30 every morning. If there are any problems, I get Crystal to help. <laughs> but it does enable me, obviously, to do the work that I absolutely love. And what I've found, I've only been in the role for nine months now, and I find that connecting with people seems to be easier where I'm based because you've got to go to people. You've got to make the effort to find the people that you want to work with. And so you seek them out. And I've been bowled over by the positivity I've received from everybody I've actually connected with. There are the odd glitches, I have to be honest about it, but nothing that we can't resolve and, and get around. I mean, I'm interested in that because, um, you know, working in councils or for communities where there is politics sometimes, you know, there could be issues or challenges and I think instead of throwing them under the carpet, you know, you have to actually face them and particularly, you know, the kind of conversations that we're having having at the moment on a national stage around um, sustainability, making sure that First Nations voices are put to the front. What's it like when you work in a business as you do and then you might have some conversations that are difficult to then see that person at, you know, the down the street or at the footy and how do you cope with being in such an intimate space when you have to have some, you know, work through those things at a complex level? I haven't really felt it to be a real problem. It's interesting. I think the first thing I learned very quickly moving to such a small town, well, the Shire's 1,901 people at the last census, and compared to my nearest town in the UK, which is Newcastle upon Tyne, which is actually the same sort of size as Perth, you can get lost in it. Moving to Cogenet, one of the first things I found out was I had to be very careful who, who was related to whom, what you said, and I found that quite challenging to start off with, I have to be honest. But I've, I think you don't get to my age in life, and I'm no spring chicken anymore, without having encountered all sorts of things. So you learn to be diplomatic. 
Very valid. And I think that um, wearing of many hats uh, notion is definitely something that when we're talking to people, there's a lot of that that happens in the communities and in the country that I think the other reason that I think You Move Wear is great is because we're talking to a city audience as well. And sometimes regional people, we can get stuck in an echo chamber and talk about the same issues with each other, where it's really important that we have these conversations with the city to see where the intersections are, where the differences are. And I don't think they quite understand the level of work that is connected to work that's not often considered work, you know, that you can be on at all times. There's so much volunteering going on and so many additional things that you give back to your community. Um, Tanuja, can you tell us about some of the activities that you do for your community outside of your business? Yeah, um, I'm a motivational speaker. So I speak about my life journey, uh, which is very interesting. I mean, I've got very, very interesting stories along the way. Um, so I, I do want to help the youth to understand how to, so the, my favorite topic to talk about is opportunities from setbacks. So I consider setbacks as great uh, a starting point for 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 anything that you want to achieve. Uh, so and 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 sky's your limit. Uh, so that's where I start with. Uh, a, a, you know, so I do volunteer and go and speak to the youth uh, if I can, and to help them out out of their setbacks. Um, and I I have given a lot to the olive industry in in innovation in ways of how you can present your product. I have innovated to uh, I'm the largest infused oils, uh, if not in Australia, in the world. Uh, so we produce a variety that uh, raises eyebrows to most. And, uh, and uh, yeah, my garam masala infused olive oil won the best infused oil international. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yes, I have brought those... Uh, uh, innovations and uh, so olive industry uh, I have given a lot of time to uh, because it's such a beautiful product it's it's nutrition and I call it the liquid gold <laughs> and it's interesting because two of our panelists have moved actually from like it's a global move that you've made what are um, some of the differences that you found like or the challenges that you faced when you first moved to uh, regional Australia. Oh, it's amazing uh, uh, challenges. I mean, let's talk about uh, the population. I mean, one city in uh, India, uh, 24 million people. Mm. You're talking one city. And then I come from those cities and I've got no farming background, no regional background, come from a city. And then I move to Perth and there's like the size of whole of India is Western Australia. And there's two million people, if at all, in the whole of Western Australia, you know. So I wondered where are the people? Are they all dead? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and 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 the challenges you're talking about challenges. I mean, I had challenge of using toilet paper. I've never used toilet paper in India. So <laughs> We haven't yeah, had anyone say that yet on the podcast. <laughs> using forks and knives, and they're the challenges. Mm. So when you're talking uh, challenges, uh, it's it's interesting of a, from coming from, as a migrant to this country. Mm. It's literally uprooting every aspect of your life, whether it is cultural, social, 
uh, anything that you talk about, uh, you basically uproot an entire fully grown tree, bring it to a completely different place and plant it. And that's where you start from scratch again. And that's the start point that I'm talking about. Uh, when we first, when I first moved to Melbourne, uh, Victoria, I remember we landed on Christmas Day. And it was the hottest day in Christmas that time, and I had a nine-month-old child, and I didn't have any refrigerator, and I was I couldn't keep the milk fresh for my son, and it was curdling. Um, and um, I called the Saint Vincent de Paul, and I I was crying, and they told the um, the people there, you know, sisters, um, um, I can't keep the, uh, if I don't have a refrigerator, can you help? And so the next day they came with the refrigerator and um, set it up in the in my little apartment, you know. So I will never forget that generosity and, and, and the warmth this country has given. It's just the opportunities this country has offered is is beyond words. That's fantastic. It's a great story. And Jill, what about you? Anything that jumps out? Um, n- not especially because I had 16 years to get used to the idea of being in Kojnup because my daughter moved out and is now married to a farmer in Kojnup. But I had absolutely... If you'd said to me when I left Kojnup at the sort of it was... January 2021, that I'd end up living there less than two, I would have absolutely laughed in your face. And Hannah would have just, she would have just said, no way, because I've always considered myself to, a, to be a country girl until I moved to Kochi. And by golly, I wasn't ready for it. I mean, I, I, yes, I lived a very rural lifestyle, but only 40 minutes from the centre of Newcastle upon Tyne. So it was a bit of a culture shock and learning all about the um, sort of farming terminology and how life cycles, everything relates to farming and Kojanup and what's happening at what time. And I know we British are notorious for talking about the weather, but talking about the weather in Kojanup is on a completely different level, <laughs> I have to say. But, but that aside, I haven't, it, as Tanu just said, the warmth of the people is just incredible. And what I've also found in Kojanup, this gentleman over here was, to, was, was talking, and we were talking about social capital earlier on. The skills that actually exist in the regions are mind-boggling, and that's what I'm finding in the work that I'm doing. There is so much talent locally. And, I mean, Kojanup, for such a small town and shire, punches so far above its weight... We've got world entre- world-class entrepreneurs, farmers, innovators, you name it. We have it in Kojanup. And that has absolutely blown my mind. And it, they're wonderful people to work with. I had problems when I was moving in with the garden. Oh, we'll just organise a busy bee. When is it convenient? We'll all come round and here they come, the farmers with the tractors to move all the heavy stuff. I've just never... And, and Northumbria, Northumberland's a very friendly place but it ain't got nothing on Kojanup. Oh, see, again, the good pitch. Yeah, please clap. We can have studio noise in the background. <laughs> yeah, the generosity is definitely something that we're hearing from everyone's stories, which is fantastic. And great to hear it from the perspective of people that have come from 
indeed a different country to move to the country because, you know, there's no, it's not standing on a soapbox, it's lived experience of people being warm and helpful. Speaking of international, uh, Chanel, you recently returned from LA. You were working, you got an amazing um, internship where you went over there and worked with a huge studio called Animal Logic. And Jill, you just touched on the incredible reservoir of skill and creative skill. What do you see within your community, Chanel, having been at Cinefest? Like what's the level of um, creativity and innovation that you witness? There's an absolutely amazing hub because Matt was talking about previously, there's Matt, um, about the fact that, you know, there's incredible creativity in the Southwest and actually connecting all of us here is so important. Um, And it's amazing because so many people that I worked with at Cinefest Oz, um, you know, I work with in so many different capacities as well, whether it's bringing your film to the festival and then suddenly I end up on a film with you or you make those connections. And that's, to be honest, that's not just the Southwest, but it's regions in general. We do have this incredible capacity to connect via, you know, whether it's the Great Southern, the Southwest of WA, the Kimberley, it's amazing how we go across that. And it was really funny when I was in LA, everyone kept saying, oh, you know, when are you going to move here full time? And when are you going to move to, or when are you going to move to Sydney? And yeah, maybe 10 or so years ago, I would have had to do that. You know, you don't really have the capacity or you didn't used to have the capacity to work in an area like film and television and live regionally and still expect to make a living, unfortunately. Um, But now there is that capacity. And, you know, especially the pandemic really opened people's eyes about that. It was not just about something to do with the pandemic, but it also opened people's eyes to um, inclusive practices for people to work from home. You know, if they're from the disability community and they don't have the capacity to get into work, even if it's just around the corner, it's amazing how people understood that someone has to work from home because of an accommodation that they need. Um, Having said that, I just wanted to touch on what we were talking about before, the challenges. And I've really found that since acquiring a disability, one of the biggest challenges that I face is um, the healthcare providers in the regions. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm really lucky because I only live two and a half hours from Perth or thereabouts. But, um, you know, the fact that there are not much needed facilities in our regions for people with disability and their carers, because at the end of the day, the carers are the ones who take everyone to appointments and make sure that things are happening and keeping on top. And um, that's been a huge challenge for me to realise especially for me at least I need neurologists and it's quite funny because I was walking through Bunbury last year and I saw that you know the neurology board of Western Australia has their office in Bunbury but there's no neurologists here that that was just really baffling for me um so that's a huge challenge and also selfishly um the lack of independent cinemas is a really big challenge <laughs> because, you know, we, we've got great cinemas and they are independently owned, but then in terms of getting Australian content, it's not that common. And, you know, uh, Beck and I worked on Blueback in 2021 and it's just been released and it was great that our local cinemas were screening Blueback because there's a lot of Australian content that you go, 
actually, that's an incredible Australian film. How come we're not screening that? And at the end of the day, you know, I understand that the cinema has to make money. I get that. But, um, you know, we should, we should be supporting those stories. Well, it's funny you say that because the statistics actually prove that regional people support cinema um, more so than city. And Simon, who's in the back here, I've got to give him a plug because we worked really hard to make sure that we had a community screening in Bremer Bay, not only so the community could watch the film of Blueback, but also to show to the rest of Australia, because we were working with top people to bring it here, that actually you can have incredible events in regional centres and more of those need to happen. People need to leave their houses and come out to the regions and see what is on offer for those events. And because we've got the skills, as we've heard today, there's no reason that we can't host them and bring people from all over. Can, can, can I just say Please. something that I think I always see challenges as things in life to be overcome. They're not something that stops you. You find your way around a challenge and you bring positivity from it. And yes, that was actually one of the challenges I felt when I moved to Kojanup because there's a top pub, a bottom pub. There's nowhere to eat after seven o'clock at night. That was a challenge. So we've taken the, the cafe in the precinct of Kodja Place back into the, into the precinct and we're busy working on opening in the evenings. We had the screening, and this was before my time. I'm not trying to take credit for this, for, for um, Homespun. And the plan is we've got a big screen now and we're going to do a lot more screenings. We've got a lot more entertainment coming into Kojanup and we're listening to what people want. And I think that's probably a difference. So we try, we, we include the community. The community are our assets. We ask them what they want to do and we try to accommodate to the best of our ability what it is that they would like. And it is challenging, but it's a great challenge. Really good. Tanuja, did you have a comment on that as well? Yeah, I mean, um, at the end of the day, uh, I believe that, um, I mean, I wouldn't go anywhere other than the region. I mean, 24 years I've been here now. I've, it's, it's just COVID has taught us that. I mean, COVID, when if the whole world was facing COVID, I mean, I was on my farms, you know, with no mask, happily walking around, you know, and talking to my olive trays and, and dogs running around, and I think it was great. Life was great. You know, they couldn't be, I mean, there are challenges. I agree there are challenges. Uh, challenges are my son, you know, going to school. Uh, I couldn't take him to all the different uh, places he needed to be, like sport and music and things like that, because it's hard for uh, while I'm working to be able to take him with the distances so much. It's hard to take him around everywhere. But having said that, I dragged him along with me to, he studied in 10 different countries in, you know, in different uh, schools, right through primary. And uh, he's now a research scientist for CSIRO. So, you know, it's... <laughs> I think that's been a resounding comment from everyone in the first series as well, is that the challenges really don't compare to the things that they've gained. And I think that natural kind of innovation that people develop because of lack of access to certain thing, things and that resourcefulness potentially gives them 
uh, an ability and vibrancy to go further. And and the three of you are an example of that. What you're all achieving in your respective areas is in- incredibly inspirational. We usually ask people what you've given up and what you've gained, but you've all covered that. So it now brings us to the end of the session. And I'm going to ask, even though I feel like you've all given a very organic pitch for living in the regions already, but we'll just go down the line. We'll start here and we'll end with you, Tanuja, with your very compelling pitch as to why you should live or move to regional Australia. Mine's a bit of a slow burn uh, that I just came up with then. If you could live where I live every single night just before the sun sets, the carnabies will do a big circle and they'll be calling out and they'll be crying and, you know, me and my mum will always make sure that we catch the carnabies and it's really interesting because this apparently is a common thing but I only just learnt that um, they're all white tails and they've adopted a red tail in there and um, apparently that happens because you know as we know red tails are endangered and um, apparently the white tails will take in a red tail and we always see that little red tail going around it's really beautiful. I love that. If you're even thinking about moving to regional WA, just do it, because I did, and I, I just embraced it, and it's embraced me back. The sunsets, the silence, the beautiful countryside, the sunsets are so wonderful. They're absolutely gorgeous. And I think just since um, Dennis, who gave the welcome to country before, touched on it, it's a sense of belonging and connectivity, I find, that, that was missing in the UK and I also think in, in Frio with there being more people there. Just move. You'll love it. Brilliant. Another round of applause. <laughs> well, I enjoy living in the regions, um, but more than just what I enjoy and what I like, I also believe what do I give to the community here. What value proposition did I bring by my move to the, to, to the southwest? I'm in the farming, the 10 kilometer wide mile up uh, uh, farming belt. And uh, initially they thought, I mean, who is this girl? I mean, you know, the stereotype farmers, they only, they're generational farmers. They didn't see, you know, uh, a woman who doesn't even look like a farmer, she has gross nails and wears jewelry. How the <laughs> hell would she land up doing farming, you know? But here I am a farmer and uh, I bring the vibrancy and diversity to the, to the, to the farming background. And uh, I sort of have helped, and I believe I have helped, the farming background to uh, in, in embracing technology. What can technology bring? To, to farming, we are now going into the era where technology is inevitable. We will be moving into this autonomous uh, farming uh, methodologies, and 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 what what value proposition am I bringing? You know, so and understanding the legalities, being a managing projects as a project manager. Uh, I know contract management. I know what what construction legalities are in, uh, that are involved in it, and farming people are now facing it every day, and that's the value proposition I bring to the community by my presence here. I'm sure 
I would rather give more than I take. Uh, as much as I enjoy living here with my dogs and my husband, I, uh, I, I value every minute of my stay in uh, WA. That's a lovely pitch as well. Reciprocity and not taking more than you need and giving back is a really strong theme in, in the region. So that's beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you to the audience for listening and participating. As Loretta said, please get um, Spotify or the Apple link to Luke's episode. Enjoy it on your way home. And that brings us to the end of the session. We would like to acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land and pay respects to Elders past and present. This episode was produced by Grace Rufray and hosted by me, Beck Bignall. The You Moved Where podcast is brought to you by Move to More and the Regional Australia Institute. Make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts because on next week's episode, you'll hear stories like this. Alice Springs is so beautiful. I remember when I even just first got here, I couldn't believe it. Every time I drive to work, I get to look out over these ranges and every evening the sunset is just like absolutely magic. Move to More is supported by the Australian Federal Government. And if you head to the website movetomore.com.au, you can find a wealth of information that will help you make the move. At movetomore.com.au, you can search almost 2,000 regional towns and cities to find your favourite regional destination. And in the same place, find your dream home and job.